0: Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com My name's Jason Newland, this is Let Me Bore You to Sleep Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes And What was I going to say? Um just thank you for listening really and just to let you know that all of my recordings all of my videos everything is all on my website it's all organised so it's quite a good place to go you know to find stuff because some people are surprised that I do other things other than this podcast so I get the occasional message on Facebook saying uh, do you have any do you do any uh, do you have any uh, sessions for anxiety and then I post you know, send them the link to my podcast for anxiety, uh, which has got sixty-three sessions. I've got hundreds of relaxation sessions on a podcast. You know, so it's over. what is was it? It's over one thousand one hundred recordings that I have on my website. And they're all available to download, to stream. So yeah, I'm thinking of... um, Well, basically I'm running out of space on the... With Spreaker, which is the podcast host. I'm running out of space on there. For my. Recordings. So. I'm kind of having to delete older ones. From the. From one of my podcasts. Which is okay at the moment. Because it doesn't interfere with the website. Um, because I've kept them on the actual podcast. You know, the original podcasts. And. And. None of this, I think, makes sense, actually. But... But, 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 but... What I'm thinking of doing... Is... Deleting... Maybe... Like, the older, the archive recordings from this week this podcast, from Deep Sleep Whisper Podcast, um, and you know, delete them from the podcast and then still have them on the website but have them available to download at uh uh you know to people are paid to download them because it's either that, or it's going to cost me an extra fifty, fifty six, yeah, like fifty dollars a month extra for the next tariff um, subscription that I've got, which I'm going to run out of space very quickly. Um, it's part of the reason why I've been doing less recordings um, the last couple of weeks because I know that I'm fast running out of space so I need to think of a solution for that and but at the same time I don't want to take them off completely because it just seems a shame to have all these recordings and then sort of start taking off hundreds hundreds of recordings because I'm running out of space on the the podcasts you know, that I'm using so that's this is boring, what? this has got to be one of the most boring introductions ever oh, this is brilliant so um that's what I'm thinking of doing but I need to look into how to do it on my website so that I'm not taking you to a different website in order to purchase those that want to like the older recordings so I'm just, I'm going to look into it so I'm going to look into it tonight when I've recorded this I'm going to spend the night doing that so it's I'll be uploading this about half twelve on Monday morning, Monday the 13th I think, I think it's the 12th today, but it'll be the 13th when I actually finish the recording, so this will be classed as Monday's recording, so whatever Whatever time I upload it and release it, that's the day it is, generally. Unless I make a recording earlier, and I just don't get around to, you know, editing and doing all that stuff. But this will be, this will be Monday's recording. So that's it. Oh, my chair is so squeaky. I've got a few recordings to make. I'm very behind. Not not behind, but... I've got three other podcasts that need my attention. Uh, the Deep Sleep Whisper Hypnosis, the uh, Sleep Hypnosis Weekly, and the uh, Relaxation Hypnosis for Stress, Anxiety and Panic Attacks. So I need to do, as soon as possible, I need to do at least one for each of those. It's just... uh, I mean, the Sleep Hypnosis Weekly... I need to do one every week, otherwise I've got to change the name of the podcast. And they're quite popular when I actually release them. There's a quite a surge in downloads for that podcast. So there must, you know, it's probably people waiting for the next one. And whenever I release a new uh, one for anxiety and stress, you know, there's a big surge for those as well as in with the Deep Sleep Whisper and the Deep Sleep Whisper podcast is more popular than this one so I kind of technically should be putting more energy into that one but I love all my children the same they're all my little babies you know and Yeah, the, these are the four podcasts. That, uh, I mean, to be fair, they're not. I've got a couple of other ones that uh, contain all of the sleep sessions I do, and they're one of them's about one hundred and eleven thousand so far this in the last year, so that's ahead of all the others. But the Deep Sleep Whisper hit just over one hundred thousand. And then the other sleep session and sleep podcast is, well, yesterday it was on 99,000. So, I don't really know what my point was on that one. Do you ever do that? You start a conversation like a sentence or so, and you realise in your head that there's no point to what you're saying. But if you keep talking long enough. A point may arrive. Well. On this this situation. No point arrived. I'm not really sure what I was just rabbiting on about. Something. Just uh So I've been thinking Happens occasionally But I've been thinking Um, There's a few little things happening in my life At the moment Which are interesting And one of those things is the Master's degree Can you hear that? It's my stomach. I've just eaten so my stomach shouldn't really be making those noises. But it is it's like a drain emptying or a, a sink emptying, you know? We like that. So I I didn't hear... Last week... Even though I did call them on Friday... uh, The university admissions team... About where the... Where it's going, you know... What's happening, am I... How's my application... Proceeding... And... I need to know as soon as possible. Just for the travel. Um, I I went online. Last night. To have a look at. uh, The cost of travelling. To where the university is. And. There's a way of sometimes. If I'm prepared. (laughs) I'm laughing at this. If I'm prepared. To catch the you know, 4.49 train in the morning. Then I can get a return for... possibly... £30. Maybe even £25 if I book in advance. But the normal price is about £59. If I just go in the morning you know sort of if it if the day starts at nine it's a two hour journey on the train so I'm going to need to catch the six o'clock train anyway which is it's early that's early o'clock isn't it that's uh You know, i just, I don't know, not sure how I'm feeling about that. I need to look more in depth into it. Because according to this, it might be a train going to Liverpool Street, London, which means the early morning trains are so jam packed. It would, uh, even at that time, you'd think six o'clock in the morning or seven, you know, it would be a lot quieter than the eight o'clock train. Well, actually, no. It's ridiculous, you know. The reason I know is because I used to, I'd done the journey, I'd done the journey early and it's proper busy, really busy there's lots of people going in early to avoid to avoid the peak travel and end up filling the trains anyway so it's I reckon if they had enough trains if they had carriages all the way from Colchester to Liverpool street in London, just the whole way, you know, you could probably walk it in less time. No, you couldn't, could you? Sixty miles. It's about an hour on a train, just under an hour. How long did it take to walk sixty miles? Probably about what? Ten hours. Yeah. I think what would be better is to have an escalator. Do you know the do you know the ones that they have at airports that are flat? The escalators that just move along, but they move along quite quickly. Just have something like that with a shelter. Instead of a train, just let people stand. And maybe have a, you take your own seat if you want. But I'm not sure if that. Maybe have some seats at the side for those that need to. But just have it move really quickly. And then you could just get on any time you wanted. And it's just continuously going. No trains no times, no timetables because it wouldn't need it you just get on it continuously going all the way from Norwich to Liverpool Street yeah but not too fast but like a lot faster than walking So, have it so you walk in maybe. If it goes 10 miles an hour, you could stand on something that was going 10 miles an hour. It's not that fast, is it? So, 10 miles an hour, it only takes six hours. Maybe. Maybe not then. So, it would need to be. For it to be an hour. 60 60 miles would take 6 hours um, so 10 miles would take 1 hour so if you you couldn't have it go 60 miles an hour maybe maybe you could have it so that when you get on, it's going fairly slowly at that one. And then it leads to another one that goes a lot quicker. In between the stations where people can get on. So it could be going maybe 30, 40 miles an hour. Which still isn't that much. If you sit in a car 30 miles an hour, it's not they're not moving that fast. So... Yeah, it might take two hours to get there. But you could continuously get on it. All day and all night. Without trains, without train drivers. Without having to sort of, you know, wait for the train to get filled before it leaves. You never have to... The train will never have to stop. So all those stoppages adds to the 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 travel time, doesn't it? Yeah. And then what you do is when you get to Liverpool Street you can have a few different escalators that you choose and you jump on you can have the one that goes to um, the central line or go, you know go to different parts of London and so well, I want to go to Shoreditch and then just go on to that one it takes you all the way to Shoreditch that way you can get rid of all the buses get rid of all the cars Just have everything on escalators so you could just get on them when you want. An escalator system. No buses, no trains, no cars. Escalators that take you everywhere you want to go. And just have everything else pedestrianized. Wow. In fact you could even have you could even have industrial escalators for deliveries. That maybe could stop and start if they wanted, you know, stop and start at each of the shops and just unload, then keep going. And have that go in twenty four hours a day, so the deliveries are constantly being available. So there's no lorries blocking anything. Then the highway, you think of the like the motorway, get rid of cars, and you can have an industrial on one side, the in, or to, you know two sides. You can have industrial ones. Which is big enough to take a container, just have them travelling down, and then have the ones for pedestrians that are the escalator down the motorway. There'll be no car accidents. No, no, nothing like that. It would all be, it would be perfect. Well, not perfect, because humans are involved. So nothing's going to be perfect when that's the case. But it will just be, I don't know, it might work. Then we got rid of all the cars and all the lorries. pollution that that's caused and do it so the escalator actually creates electricity as well as using it but also creates it so it can can keep the street lights going So even when no one's using it, it keeps going, but the lights in the street keep going, it keeps the houses, and maybe you could have solar, all the solar um, panels on buildings could be used to power the escalators. so like every building every house in the country has solar panels on it and that electricity is then sent to the escalators to keep it running 24 hours a day of course make it nice and quiet we don't want something like really loud I don't mean the solar panels um, mind you if have got a couple of solar panels on the roof they're going to want to chat to each other aren't they be boring up there otherwise, I suppose, and that, that's all running, that'd be perfect, it'd be like a, an industrial, like a factory, you know when you got the, the, what do they call it now, I forget, but the line, production line, but instead of, um, Peeling bananas or whatever. You're travelling between places. I don't know if they have production lines for peeling bananas. But you know packaging stuff. I once worked in a place where my job was screwing. That was it. I was on a production line in a meter. Electric meter factory. And it would come down. All I had to do, and this was all night long, all I had to be fair, we did have brakes and swap over. Because I realised it was a bit too tedious to do just one thing the whole time. And they were quite good like that. But all my job was is just to add this electric screwdriver that was powered, you know. So I didn't have to do it by hand. I used to have to hold it in my hand because I tried to do it with me, with my mouth, but one of my feelings fell out, the vibration. So so I using my hand, and and that's all I was doing, just putting a screw in, like a couple of screws, into the meter to keep the meter together. Again, I'm not sure why I'm telling you that, but I thought you might enjoy it hearing a little bit more about my life as a meter maid I actually worked there three times I had a job working in this meter factory meter, not meat, meter three times I can't believe they kept letting me go back Kinda wish I was still there, really. Sometimes, because the first job I had was a little bit grubby. I was, I wasn't in the clean area. I was packaging. Was to be fair, the second job I had, I was in packaging as well, but it was it was in one of the the new factory. Or I was packaging. I was packaging in kind of a nice area and I think I had a white did I have a white coat on like a lab coat or it might have been brown I think it was brown with the first job I had and that's where I learnt to make boxes it was um Because all the boxes used to come in flat packs on pallets. That's Andre coming to do something behind me. I wonder what it could be. I know exactly what he's doing. Lovely. Yeah, don't forget to wipe yourself on the carpet. That's a good boy. And then the third time I worked there, I did a night shift and I was working in the third factory, like the newest factory. So I ended up working all three. Although, no, actually, I did, but I was working in the second factory to start with. And then we moved into the third new factory in the summer. And we had, it was quite cool really. We had two weeks off work, full pay, because they were closing down the the business for two weeks while they moved into the new factory. And... what was strange is well, strange, I don't know, but I was doing the night shift and I liked it. It was, it was one of those probably one of those times in my life when I was kind of things were going quite well for me and I had a girlfriend, I was, I suppose, a downside, I was living at my dad's, but then, to be fair, I was paying very little money in the way of rent, and also, he he was hardly ever there, so I kind of had the house to myself most of the time. And I had money, And I was was sort of buying comedy albums and stuff. That was because I decided I was going to move to London. And uh, pursue a comedy career. So I was working in this place. And I kind of had no intention of staying. Which... there's my stomach going again yeah I suppose I wasn't completely dedicated to the uh, to the job but I liked it you know it was it was easy it was clean and it was fairly well paid you know where I was living and I did end up I got myself a studio apartment which was basically and this was in the August probably to 1990 and I remember when I said I, I found this place and I, I thought oh how am I going to break this to my dad that I'm moving out and I can honestly say I think to this day I've never seen him so happy as he was at that point I said oh dad I'm going to move out and and I just I, t- I turned away because I was kind of you know, and I went into the kitchen I thought well a bit embarrassed I don't know how to deal with his emotions he's going to be perhaps a bit upset or whatever I feel a bit let down and I hear all this clatter and stuff and I thought what's that and I go out I look on the front lawn like half of my belongings were on the front lawn he started to, he's helping me move like it's not it's not till next week I think to this day, I've never seen him look so upset and disappointed. Uh, so I moved into this studio place. It was nice. And um, it was, I think it was a former holiday rental. You now people would stay there, it was near the beach. And people would stay there for a week and stuff. And had a kitchen, bathroom, and, you know, a living area with a bed. And that was perfect for what I needed at the time. And it was way better than anything that I'd had before, really. And then in September... They switched my hours to day shift at like my job. They switched my hours to day shift uh, which was two to was it uh, one one week it was six till two six in the morning till two in the afternoon and the next week it was two o'clock in the afternoon till 10. That's it, 10 in the evening. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't like it. I really... I mean, that's the whole reason I did night shift. is because that's what I wanted to do. I did not want to work during the day. 2 till 10, I could do... I could do that for years. That wouldn't bother me. But 6 in the morning, ooh... Oh, no. No, 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 no. 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 I'd rather kiss a St. Bernard dog on the lips than... No, no. So, it annoyed me. And then they were talking about redundancies and they they were going to be laying people off. And I figured that they, because I'd only been there since April. I figured, you know, first in, first out. I wasn't first or last in, last out rather. I knew I wasn't the last in, but there was people that had been there for a long time. You know, 20, 30 years, some of them. And so I thought, well, they're going to lay me off. And I just couldn't get out of bed and I didn't go in, didn't go to work. And, yeah, they sacked me. And the ironic thing is I then had to move out of where I was living because I basically got evicted. I didn't have any, I couldn't afford to pay the rent. And I moved into this little room In the same road as where I grew up from the age of... I think I was living there from nine. Nine years old until I was 15. Same road, just a little bit further up. Um, Probably similar kind of house as well. And I came out of there. And I was also living... There was... The people living next to me, the next room, uh people that I knew. There were a couple of uh older people I say older, I was I was what I was twenty at that time. They were probably in their well at least in their forties, maybe fifties, but at least at least going you know, there. For probably four, late 40s, I'd say. And I got on really well with them, actually. I really, and they were, uh, I like to drink, but they were really friendly to me. They were very kind, very friendly, and gay, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but there's, they had a different lifestyle to what I was living in some ways, but in the same in a different way, or in the same way we had the same lifestyle because we were living in the same house, sharing the same bathroom, you know sharing the same kitchen. So if you're sharing the same bath, the same toilet as somebody. There's a connection if it's even if it's just shared germs there's shared bacteria there's there's a shared connection um, so I, you know kind of in the past I've had I'll try and get on with people you know in those kind of situations but these these were lovely and they were. Very helpful, very good with advice. I was very, young, but I think I was younger than my years, mentally. And they were very reassuring. Helped me financially with, they didn't give me money, but they helped me figure out how I could afford to pay the rent and all that stuff. Which, to be fair, I don't think anyone's ever done since and I've not really asked anyone to do that but they I don't know I just I don't know why I'm feeling grateful for them and yeah I was, so I got I got a couple of part time jobs to cover me Uh, I got a morning cleaning job in the local supermarket which I liked, actually well, which is ironic because I was getting up at (laughs) 5 o'clock every morning how's that for irony for you? so I kind of pretty much left the job because I didn't want to get up early every day and I ended up getting up even earlier every day I don't know if it's different though because it was only for two hours and I could go back to bed but I also got an evening cleaning job as well I think so between the two jobs I had enough to pay my rent and then at the end of this was at the like tail end of the year I sold all of my comedy stuff all of the albums videos and everything and I had enough money to well I didn't really but I managed to get through Uh, I moved to London in the January beginning of January moved to Stratford and I found somewhere to live before I moved so I just went up there and stayed at my cousin's for a night and Looked for somewhere F- if it was like a was it a card in a window um a news agent window or something not not like Christmas card or birthday card or anything like that, um, but it was you know room for rent, forty pound a week, which was. A lot more than what I was paying, but London is always going to be more. I mean, £40 a week's really, really low now, obviously, but um, that was a long time ago. And oh, literally nearly 30 years ago, isn't it? Wow. Well, yeah, nearly. and the landlady she agreed for me to I paid her some money like a deposit and then I paid her when I got there and I remember I got a lift I didn't have much stuff left because I sold all my pretty much all my belongings except the few bits of clothes that I had and when I got to Stratford I got there on a I think it was a Sunday and on a Monday I went to the place where I was I'd worked at in 1989 up to April 1990 because I'd moved from London back in April um, and I thought I'd be able to go back and work there again and they didn't they didn't have any jobs. And I got back and I told my landlady, I said, I don't believe it. She said, What? I said I just don't believe it. She said, what what don't you believe? I said, why are you being why are you being like that? She said, I'm trying to watch television. I said, Oh, okay. I said, what were you watching? She said, well, well, you must know, I'm watching Countdown. I said, oh, okay. I said, "Um, the job that I told you I'd got, I haven't. And she said, well, are you going to pay the rent then? I said, I don't know. It's then that I realised... ...some people... ...when they're motivated... They'll go out of their way to help you. And that's what she did. She went out of her way. She told me, leave with me. And then a few hours later, she called me down. She didn't cool me down. I wasn't like, you know, I'd come out of the oven and I was like, oh, too hot to eat. She called, called me down Because I was upstairs She says, Jason Jason And uh, so I go down And she's Standing there With her, well she's not standing She's sitting down, but she's got a lady Standing there, and she said Let me introduce you to My cellar or, or, I don't know what her name was And she said Oh okay, right, she said um and she said hi and she was the hr or the human resources for a bakery the the bakery in Wolverhampton like she was in charge of employment and i mean she's really high up she was in charge of everything it was a huge company which i didn't realize Anyway, she said, uh, oh, there's a position going in the canteen, in the bakery. Um, You'd just be cooking food basically and serving it to the to the workers. So you won't actually be working in the bakery as such, like not with the bread, but you'll be working in the the canteen." And I said wow, to be fair, I'd have accepted anything. And she said, what did you say? I said, nothing. I'm talking to the audience for the podcast. She said, what's a podcast? I said, don't worry. It doesn't matter. She said, okay, that's a bit weird. Not sure if uh, you'd be the right candidate. I said, well... I'll do anything. I'll, I'm very grateful for an opportunity. She said, "You're serving people food. It's not really an opportunity." I said, "What well, it is, because I need, I need to work. I need to do." And she said, "It'll be, won't be high pay or anything, but it'll be because we didn't have minimum wage back then. But it was, it was okay. I was probably earning, I don't know how much I was earning." I was earning enough... To pay the rent... Buy food... And have money left over so... I was probably earning... Probably £140 a week... Maybe 120 I don't know... Something like that... Plus I had overtime... I could work weekends... And stuff... Sundays and that... So yeah... I was probably probably taking about 150 a week before tax what would that be a month 150 3 600 yeah that sounds about right like 600 a month and then I get taxed off on that and basically I went to the job interview she said oh, I'll set you up a job interview uh, and she said uh is 10 o'clock Monday okay? I said, yeah, okay. So she basically just did it off the cuff. And she said, uh, I went I went in there and I saw the chef and he interviewed me. And uh, he said, have you got any experience in catering? And I said, what's he got to do with you? He said, that's a bit, a bit rude. I said, I don't care. I think you just—I think you're out of order. i, mean, I do not come asking you questions. He said, "Yeah, but I'm the one doing the interviewing." I said, "Yeah, in yeah, the yeah, interviewing." He said, "What?" I said, "That's what you sound like." He said, "You are very rude." I said, "I know you are, but what am I?" He said, and we we laughed at little cuddle, and uh, he said, "I'll let you know." And then I think I got a phone call saying, Yeah, you can start on uh, Monday or Wednesday or whatever day. And then when I actually started working there, the manager, he was quite cool, I could get on really well with him. The chef, he said, You had that job before you even walked in the interview, it was already yours. We just had to go through the motions. Because she's the boss and she said that that job is yours. So I didn't... He didn't even have a choice. <laughs> he said, I had to give you the job. I thought, ha, 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 ha. I am so powerful. But, uh... Yeah, it, was, it was okay. It was alright. I met a girlfriend there called Cherry... And uh, it was quite. I was there from not one January until probably April, maybe May, maybe April. I don't know. And they got took over. So basically, the canteen got taken over by an agency. And because I think the factory decided it would be cheaper to have an agency come in and have their own staff pay their own wages. And no longer, you'd not have to deal with that side of things. And, you know, get their own food in and all that stuff. So um we were all told that we were being made redundant, all of the people in the canteen, but we would <laughs> we would need to be interviewed again. we would have a chance to get interviewed by the the new owners of the canteen, you know the the agency and there was a period of swapping over where we, we were given a notice and we had I think we were given a month's notice or three weeks or something and uh, this person from it came along from the the company that you know, the agency came along and was just sort of uh, observing us and I was telling him all the ways to skive and all the places to hide so no one can see what you're doing and all that stuff. And then at the end of the day, at the end of, not, I'm not saying, and at the end of the day, at the end of that day, we all got together and he introduced himself as the new boss, the new chef, Who's going to be running the kitchen and the person that's going to be interviewing people? And um, previous to that, (laughs) previous to that, one of the managers of the actual bakery, the bakery side which made the bread, offered me a job in the bakery because he'd heard about the, you know, the redundancies and he, he liked me. So we got on and, he, and I said no to start with because I didn't fancy it because it was all hours and I liked being able to work during the day and then being able to go out to comedy clubs in the evening and having my weekends off and I knew that that wouldn't be the case if I worked in the actual bakery although I'd be earning a lot more money. Well, after I pretty much uh, made myself redundant twice in one day by um, being extremely cheeky to the the new boss of the canteen, I decided to go and chase up the job that was offered to me. And I said, oi, (laughs) is that job still available? He said, yeah, you can start Monday. that was it because I was already an employee of the bakery still so they just no interview nothing like that just start Monday be here at 6 o'clock again starting at 6 which is why I left the other job because I didn't want to get up so early and I still ended up getting up early and when I was in the bakery I still ended up when I was in the canteen I had to be there at like 7 o'clock every day so yeah uh, so that's what I did I ended up working in the bakery in the actual bakery itself which was hard very hot work very hot especially in the summer or oh, yeah, all year round, but it's like, oh. But here's the irony. It's not really irony, but something I found out when I was still living in the other town, when I'd uh, left the job because I was making redundancies. Uh, left before I thought I was going to get made redundant. One of the managers, or you know, team leaders, was actually living opposite me. and I saw her and another one of the team leaders who was actually my team leader and she said to me, why did you leave? and I said, because you make a computer redundant and I'd only been there a few months so I figured that you'd be laying me off first and she said, no, we never would have laid you off we want to get rid of all the dead wood <laughs> which, you know, but I don't know if they were her words but she said, we wouldn't have got rid of you there's, there's people in there that have been there for years and they don't do anything. They just sit there. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realise that. It'd be nice to know, wouldn't it, beforehand? Because although the companies closed down now, nearly every place I've ever worked at seems to have closed down. The chip shop, they're gone. The pub I worked at's gone. The comedy club's gone. The insurance company I worked at's gone. The meat place I worked at's gone. I mean the bakery's gone as well. There's been quite a few redundancies along the way, as well as yeah, the the camps and that went. Made redundant there, but that was just like got no more work for you. Bye. And then I think I was saying this the other day I had a few companies that have just been taken over my last insurance company I worked for they were made Imperial Redundant and that's gone although I was laid off before they they closed so I, I was I'd been ill and I'd had too much time off and they just sacked me because I'd had too much time off And a few months later, they closed. And then the company before that, the insurance company before that, that I worked for before I started university, they were making redundancies. And they ended up making everyone redundant and they closed. It's weird, it's like so many companies I've worked for that have closed down, like disappeared, gone. Whoosh. Wow. What are other places? It's hard to do a CV when, in a curriculum vitae, or resume, as they might call it, when you've got no address and no t- no telephone number to give because the company's gone oh yeah another place i worked at i worked in the two different shops for uh called evolution which was a gift shop and i worked in two different ones one in the, the last town i lived at and one in this town and they're both closed so, I can't get a reference from them. So, when I applied for my master's degree, they needed the reference. And I, I didn't have a reference from any previous employer because my last employer closed down, so they're gone. Before that, I was self employed. Before that, while I was at university, I had a job in the evolution shop, but that closed. That's gone. Before university, I was doing insurance. That company's gone. It closed down. Before that job, I was working in the evolution shop in that town, and that's closed as well. So the five, the last five companies I worked at, was that five? So the one here, Evolution, I think I I classed uh, being self-employed possibly. So that one, Evolution, then before college, now during college... Oh yeah, that was during university, Then before that, insurance, and before that, was the evolution. So the last four jobs, although I was self-employed in the middle for three years, the last four jobs, all closed. I got no references. No referees. You could say well what about your university when you did that course? Well. The person who was teaching the course. Got ill during the course and left. Another teacher. Retired at the end of the year. At the end of the course. Because she was my supervisor and she retired. And I think it was the year after actually. The man who was in charge of the entire course, the the course leader, he retired at the end of the course. Because it was his retirement age. And they were the three main people that taught the course. There was a couple of others, but they were they weren't as I think another one left as well. ...and... ...yeah, the, another one left... ...because she was... ...and uh, she... ...counseled with her... ...and she, uh, she... ...you know... a charity thing... ...and she... ...she was one of the teachers... ...for the first year, I think... ...but then she got pregnant... ...so there's no references... ...I've got no one... ...I can ask... ...it's almost like I don't exist... Wow. It's not a bad position to be in really, is it? I suppose. In it. But yeah, it's very strange. So I don't know what I'm going to do. For. If I do. On next year. If the. I'm kind of thinking either. I do this university course. Or... I look for a full-time job. One or the other. The other option would be... To... Try and make a go of this... Online stuff I do. And turn that into a business. But the first two options are the ones I'm looking at. And... don't know what I'm going to do if I go for the job what I'm going to put down for references because you need to have a reference that's going to be a bit strange oh well so that's the end of this recording and I've yet again managed to talk for an hour about very little very very little so I wish you all the best please remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy lots of love bye